Welcome to Geek Therapy. This episode is all about the nonprofit anxiety gaming. Hey everyone, Josue here. Me and Lara are on vacation this week, so we have another interview for you. This one is with Jason Docton. He is the Director of Care at Anxiety Gaming. And Anxiety Gaming is a nonprofit dedicated to providing mental health resources for the gaming community. Uh, I'll read a little bit more from their website. It says, from donating video game consoles to foster homes to matching gamers with the perfect therapist to completely covering the cost of mental health care for those that couldn't otherwise afford it, we make mental health fun, free, and available. I got to say, this is one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done just because I love anxiety gaming so, so much. And... Jason is the one who created it. He is the mastermind behind it. And again, this is probably one of my favorite interviews that I've that I've ever done. Unfortunately, the sound quality is not perfect and it oh, it, it makes me so mad. It was a combination between the bad mic and the Skype and so it sounds like uh we're kind of speaking in uh like an old AM radio station, but please stick with it. It is it is not that bad. Um you can hear us pretty clearly. It's just a little, you know, a little noisy. Doesn't sound perfect. Um, but please check it out. It is just amazing what Anxiety Gaming is doing. And you can find out more about Anxiety Gaming at anxietygaming.com. And yeah, just look at what they're doing. Check out Jason's work there. It is honestly incredible. And we do a really deep dive into mental health care in this country and how gaming can help and how gaming communities can help and just all the great work that Anxiety Gaming is doing. So I hope you enjoyed this interview and let us know what you think. And remember, you can find more Geek Therapy at geektherapy.com or at Geek Therapy on Twitter. So I have notes. I always take notes for, for these episodes. And when I looked at them, it looked just like a bunch of questions. It looked like I was going to interrogate you. <laughs> All right. So, so I don't want, I don't want to do that. So I'm going to switch things up a bit <laughs> because uh, I don't know. I don't know. For me, it's, I, I love that anxiety gaming exists and I think it's hard for me to explain what it is. Mm-hmm. Is it ever hard for you to explain what it is? Uh, <laughs> it, it always depends on who I'm talking to. Um, when I try to explain what we do, if I'm having this conversation with someone that's a little bit older, then I, I've got to really go deep into it and explain what exactly gaming is and why gaming is a fit. But if I'm explaining it to like another gamer, it, it almost immediately clicks. They're like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. Then, um, like when I go right to your website, there has there's there's different options, right? So mm-hmm. I want you to w- walk me through them, right? The the three big options that are there on the site. Uh, for okay. example, the first one is game with anxiety gaming. Game with anxiety gaming. So so if I click there, what is who is that for, and and what does that mean, and what are you guys doing there? So Game with Anxiety Gaming is kind of just a, a really basic community program that ends up serving a really important need for a lot of people. Um, on, on the first hand, let's say that you're dealing with anxiety or you're dealing with depression, and maybe you don't have a whole lot of people to play video games with, you don't have a regular group. This is something where you can just click, fill it in, let us know a little bit more about yourself, and we're going to match you up with other people that you can play with and really help you build a group of friends and build a support system for what you're going through. Uh, this is a really good option for a lot of people who maybe aren't ready to start talking about therapy or not yet open to that idea. 
because they're going to get immersed into a community of people who are all pro therapy, who always talk about it and um, who are going to be able to give people uh, a little bit more casual advice. You know, they're, they're not the professional. They're not your therapist. They're, they don't really have a vested interest in getting you into seeing therapy. It's just something that works for them. And now they're just going to share that with you. Uh, and on the other hand, let's say maybe you've dealt with anxiety, you've dealt with depression, and that's something you just you feel inclined to give back after going through. Uh, you can sign on here and we can match you with people to play with uh, that do need those friends, that do need that support system, that do need someone to kind of help guide them through this process in a more, again, in this casual, non-professional light. So are you saying that you have volunteers that play with people who might be dealing with some stuff and just want a support group, don't have maybe friends that they feel that they can talk to? Is it all volunteers or are you, how are you matching people up? Uh, absolutely. So we have what are called community leaders, and this is a volunteer role that people can sign up for. Uh, and community leaders, they learn how to put games together. They, they get the ins and outs of our community. They're able to ban or kick or anything like that. They understand uh, any kind of problem behaviors to look out for. Uh, they're usually people who are really interested in psychology, have studied it, have their bachelor's in psychology, and, and just can have a, a little bit more of a, uh, an insight and maybe answer some of the basic questions as people go along. Uh, but they don't necessarily just focus on playing with you exclusively. Uh, they get other people within the community. So let's say you're, you're not a psychology major. Let's say you're, you're really not you know, educated on a lot of these more advanced topics. That has no impact on that. Instead, you'll get matched up with a community leader who will help you just be yourself. And that's really what most people need is just to play with other people and to enjoy a community that's just open and accepting of them, not necessarily a community that's always able to be their therapist. So anybody at any time can sign up with, uh, through the Game with Anxiety Gaming uh, application and just help people that they care about. It's a pretty uh, in-depth application too. Like, uh, you cover every <laughs> single gaming platform and, and service on there, which is great. Right. So how do you so like how do you do that in the background? Then like are you is it just you sitting in front of a computer matching like with this <laughs> gigantic Excel spreadsheet? What what are you guys doing? Um, you know, that's that's not too far off. So there's a couple <laughs> of us with this gigantic Excel sheet and we actually really pride ourselves on our Excel skills. So <laughs> They're really nice Excel sheets, if that makes it sound a little bit more. It's got nice but, colors and all that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, on one hand, we're, we are a very serious national-level nonprofit that does function internationally. Uh, but at the very core of it, we're a bunch of people who have gone through these issues personally, uh, have gone on to get the, the education to help other people with these issues, and are really just kind of grassrootsing it. You know, we want other people within anxiety gaming and people who find out about anxiety gaming to be able to help just as much as we're able to help. And that's that's what you do with uh, with the game, with anxiety gaming application, is you just go out and, and learn how to help people that need help, or you go out and just find people to play with for fun. There, you know, there's no pressure there on, on what exactly you have to do once you fill out that application other than just game. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll sit there with the Excel sheet. I've got a couple of volunteers and they spend the entire day welcoming in dozens of people each day, letting them know, you know, what services are available, what, you know, what games do you like to play? Oh, let's invite you to the guild. Let's invite you to, you know, the clan or the PlayStation 4 group, whatever game you have, they, they worry about getting you into those. And 
the matchmaking kind of just goes from there when people start to build up groups. Cool. So, so, so then is it like a group or do you, are you starting to build out your friends list and then you play whenever you can or is it coordinated? Uh, it's semi-coordinated. So sometimes we'll have the community leaders put things together and then you get invited and if you're free, you, you go and play. Uh, other times it's just kind of uh, with the uh, volunteer community leaders as well as those looking to game with other people. Uh, they'll just get matched up with people as they come in and they'll start to build more of like a, an intimate buddy system. Like, oh, hey, you know, we're on and we game with a couple of other people, you know, here in Destiny or, oh, there's a bunch of us that play League. Like, do you want to play League today? Let's play League then. And you just start getting added onto different people's friends list. But it usually traces all the way back to that community leader. So there's an oversight to some level. Yeah, this is the most impressive thing for me because <laughs> when I found you guys, it's because I was I was just I was going crazy thinking of a way to do something like this because I knew people who, through gaming, they received that support that they didn't have in real life, you know, and they were able to do something and feel good doing that thing and accomplishing something and doing it with other people and being able to talk and it was a great way to socialize and just feel alive for some people, you know, it's at, at depending on where they are. And, and I was so happy to, to find out that you guys figured out a way to do it. Excel spreadsheet and all. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if, if anybody really just thinks about it really, really hard. You know, you're talking about consoles, PC, different games, different uh, logins. Like there's so many different aspects to this. And I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not as hard yeah. as I, as I th thought it was, because um, you sound pretty calm talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's definitely that picture where the dog is just sitting in the room on fire. It's, yeah, this gotcha, is, gotcha. This is fun. <laughs> uh, you know, we have uh, you know anywhere between maybe four to five thousand different gamers within different communities, and that that's not to say they're all playing at once and it's this massive hive mind or anything like that. Um, but there, there's definitely a lot of people that work within this program and, and use it as a way for them to build a social group. And it has its origins and just really that simple fact that, like you said, you know, gaming for a lot of people is their support group. That's their friends. That's that's what they're looking for on, on such a basic level is these really great friendships with people who share similar interests. And that's all we do is is make that match for you. All we do is find other people who are of that similar mindset and put them together. Okay. And so even at the beginning when there's like maybe a gaming night or an event, are there certain games that you guys go to because they are more collaborative or they're more team-based and, and that might be better for, for what you're trying to accomplish? Or do you just let the, the people who are signing up choose whatever game they're interested in? Um, it's more you just choose what you would like to do. Uh, as much as we, we want to focus more on community events and doing all of those things, it's just not really uh, so much the nature. I mean, one of the things that we have to constantly keep in mind is the reality that a lot of us that are in this community are dealing with anxiety, are dealing with depression. And what's a good time for you may not be a good time for me. And, and that's almost amplified because even if now is a good time for me. Even if I'm sitting at home, I'm free. That doesn't mean that I'm mentally ready to be involved in this massive community thing. This doesn't mean that, you know, I'm feeling up enough. Sometimes I might be really depressed. Sometimes I might be too anxious. And so we want it to be more of a, you just kind of come and serve yourself. Like, hey, there's these people on, I'll just play with them. Or like, hey, you, it's specific individual, let's play 
you know, this. And, and that's really what ends up happening the most part is a lot of these people will join and group up with a couple. Like I have a small little group myself uh, and it becomes more of a smaller group of friends within this large pool of people that you could potentially play with. And it's whatever sounds good at the time. I know with the, the console groups, Destiny is probably our largest one. Uh, versus on PC, League is is probably our most popular game. Gotcha. Okay. Ooh, those are good games. Those are good games. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it makes sense. I think. I think. I think it makes sense for anybody who who listens to it, uh, listens to you to, to talk about that. And uh, like, how long does it usually take for someone if they they click on game with AG? How how long before they're in a group or or before you guys, you know, reach out to them and and get them set up? That's a that's a tougher question. Uh, when when people click on the application, it's immediately forwarded to a group of community leaders who are able to kind of go through that and see any specific notes because you'll you'll see when you look on the application, you can leave a note as to why. And sometimes that why is pretty serious. Sometimes those things are you know I'm not feeling very well and. You know, I've been harming myself recently and, and things. It can be really in-depth. Sometimes people don't leave anything at all. And then we have to go through and, you know, ask them more because we do, you know, want to know a little bit more about everybody in our community. So it's that that kind of keeps the community from risking being toxic in any way because we, we understand each other from the get-go. Um, it also filters out any kind of trolls, which we'll occasionally get. Um, but once you're through that whole process, uh, within 24 hours, you should hear from somebody. Sometimes it'll take two or three days, and that person will introduce you to the rest of the community. And then it kind of is more um, based on what you're ready to do. Community leaders will try and put things together to get you introduced uh, to the rest of the group. But other than that, you, you kind of go and, and find within all of these people different friends to play with and start to build up those relationships. And so there's no prerequisite, right? Whether I'm dealing with a mental health issue or I just feel lonely or if I want to be kind of a leader or a, or a friend or a Sherpa, right? <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. Then yeah, it's the same form, right? Exactly. There's, okay. there's no requirement or anything like that. You know, on the one hand, we do want a little bit more of a group that, that is tight-knit. Um, but it's, it's solely for the purpose of just making sure that the community is safe for everyone that... You know, that there's a, a healthy understanding of what what can and can't be done. We have a whole list of rules and things like that that rule out having, you know, big political discussions and things like that, things of that nature. Okay. Is there anything that we missed that might be, like, essential or important to know about this part? Um, I think one of the most important things to, to take from that whole process and when you're filling out these applications uh, is to really see that, you know, you're, you're able to take in whatever you would like to. If there's, maybe you fill out this application, you don't necessarily have to jump in and start playing with people. It's, it's not become a requirement of you that you now interact with the community. Uh, but instead, just realize that there are a lot of people there ready to play video games with you, that there are a lot of people there ready to support you. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Oh man, you have no idea how, how happy it makes me. I mean, we've talked about this before, like uh, over email, and I, I've I know what you guys are doing, but it's it's always uh, exciting to hear. All Thank right. You. So the next part on the on the website, right? It just says find a therapist. That's that's the big one. What? And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
you know, we're, we're, we're working on redoing the website. Actually, I know you just found it and it was all new, but we're trying to rework it anyways, is none of us actually know how to build websites. Like I built this myself with Squarespace. So gotcha. um, free shout out to them. Um, but it is so limiting in some of the things that you can do, including explaining a lot of these things and having the space to explain it. Um, but for the most part, the therapy application is our bread and butter. Uh, this gives us a better understanding of who you are, what you're looking for, what you need, uh, and gives us the kind of starting point to be able to help you. you know, on the surface, this is a way for you to find a therapist local to you at whatever price you can afford based on whatever needs you may have, and we'll go and do all of that for you. We do all of the research for you. We find the therapist for you. We look into their information. We make sure your insurance is accepted. Uh, as far as the rates go, let's say you can only afford X amount. We make sure all the therapists are what you can afford. Uh, and we negotiate those prices. So let's say, you know, maybe you can only afford a couple of therapists, but they're not, not the right match for you. But a therapist who is a good match for you is a little bit out of your price range or maybe way out of your price range. All of that negotiation of fee, everything like that is done through us. You fill out the application and you just sit back and, and wait for us to make everything happen. Um, really, what usually ends up happening is we'll feed you all of the information you choose from a therapist. Um, we'll create a full detailed lineup, these expansive profiles, pictures, their full information, everything that they do, everything they specialize in, their personality type, all of that stuff. You pick one of the therapists and then we email you back when your appointment is and you go. And that's, that's just about as simple as it's going to get. Um, but when we expand deeper into this application, uh, it allows us to do a lot of really special things to help people. Um, let's say you can't at all afford therapy. Well, that that's going to flag our grant program so that we can get you enrolled in that and possibly see if we can cover the cost of your therapy for you. So you don't even have to think of the, the cost part. We won't have to work out financial details. You just, again, just show up to your therapist appointment when we let you know the appointment is and that's it. All of it's paid for um, on a greater way, it's, it's a way for us to get to know people uh, that are dealing with these issues. It's a way for us to get to know the therapists that help people dealing with these issues. Uh, because once you give me all of this information, let's say you want to follow up via email, I'm going to send you a pretty um, in-depth interview process that's going to tell me a little bit more about what you're going through, your personality type. It's got very specific research questions that will allow us to get to know you on a level that's important for providing a therapist. And then we go through the process of interviewing each and every therapist to make sure that they match your personality profile. So you're not just seeing a therapist that on paper fits you. You're seeing a therapist who, based on these double interviews, does actually match your personality. I mean, we've seen it time and time again within our community. Let's just say, for example, you're an atheist and you want to look for a therapist and you end up getting matched with an evangelical Christian, you know, just because that's the only therapist you could find on something like psychology today. Well, that's, that's obviously going to really impact your, your idea of therapy. It's going to impact your sessions and you're likely never going to want to see a therapist again. So we, we get rid of that whole issue. We get rid of all of those traditional problems that finding a therapist has on every single level. And that interview process gives us a great understanding of 
of really making sure that you don't have to experience those things. You don't even realize that those problems exist because we've made it that easy for you. You, I mean, the hardest part is really you dealing with these issues. The hardest part is you having to, to really fight through the anxiety, to fight through the depression each and every day. So that's, that's what we want you to focus on is just continuing your fight on your end and letting us deal with the rest of it for you. Full disclosure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and full disclosure, uh, for years, people have, have reached out to us looking for a therapist and, and they've, they've written things like, oh, I'm, I'm looking for somebody who is a geek like me and is also a therapist. You know, like, can I see you or can I see somebody that you know? And my network is pretty limited. But uh, since I found out about you guys, I usually just send them to you <laughs> because of everything that you just said. <laughs> oh, it makes me it makes me this also makes me very happy. And and that forum, I mean, the, the initial forum is pretty detailed in terms of like how specific um, I can be in my request for even a modality, you know, a type of theory that the, that the therapist practices and. I wonder, like, why, why so specific on, on those areas? Is that something that was coming up that people were, were asking for? Um, I think it's, it's more on our end. And it's kind of a, an, an odd thing because I know that 90% of the people who read through this see all these things and they're like, uh, I don't know, I'll just yeah. <laughs> check a couple that sound good. And at, at one point on the website, when you hovered over these things, like it explained in depth what these things are. Um, <laughs> but what we've started to use it now uh, as a way to get people to actually look into what, what they're going to experience so a lot of the times we're finding that even though you may not know what acceptance and commitment therapy is, you're going to hover over that, you're going to select it, and you're going to Google search it and be like, oh, okay, that sounds good. And if you don't do that, then that's fine. The, through the interview process, I'm going to figure out what, what will work for you and what sounds like it's going to adapt well to your personality. But if you start going through and researching some of these things, what you're doing is you're entertaining the healthy research. And there's a whole lot of unhealthy research when it comes to mental health. There's a lot of people who will look up all kinds of different methods of treatment that just, you know, it's snake oil. But here you're going to Google search all of these things and start to really learn about what goes behind taking care of you. This isn't just someone sitting back and you talking and then you magically get better. These are structured, well-organized, well-researched programs that help change your behaviors on so many different levels that we see change physically. So it's it's one of those things that, you know, we we welcome people doing that self-research. Yeah, I mean, finding a therapist, that whole process of therapist dating, right? At the yeah. beginning, where you're like, oh, I'll get to know you, and do you have, uh, you know, can I have an intro session? I mean, it can be really expensive to find someone who you click with. Like really, oh, really yeah. expensive. And for example, when I had my own practice, I was able to, I would give, um, you know, uh, a free intro session to kind of, you know, get to know you because I, the same, the same thing applies for the therapist. You don't, when you have that opportunity, you don't want to just work with anybody because you know, sometimes it's not a good fit and you're not the best person to work with them. But when you work yeah. in a clinic and things like that, like um, when that was my situation, I couldn't you know, I couldn't say no. If I said no to, to a new patient, it was a problem. And, and, you know, it was like the whole thing, but 
ideally, you know, we would be able to talk to different people and really have that intro conversation or have somebody do that for you. And I know that there are like expensive services um, available for like to, to kind of get that part done because it is, I think it's an essential part of, uh, you know, like having a gatekeeper is an essential part of that service. And it's just not a part of mental health treatment in the United States at all. Right? No, it's, it's, not, it's really such a shame. Yeah, yeah, it's not built into the system. And so, I mean, you guys, yeah, you guys do it great. I mean, and you said that's your like, you said that's the bread and butter. Is that because like most people come to you for that or is that what you're most proud of? Um, that's what most people come to us for. And it's, uh, I think it's, it, it, there is a certain level of pride to it because this is something that we genuinely enjoy doing. I mean, today alone, I, I've called maybe seven or eight different therapists, made multiple appointments, done multiple interviews, and that's something you begin to love. You you know what to look for in a therapist because that's that's all you do <laughs> throughout throughout the day. And it, and when you make those connections, when you match somebody up with the perfect therapist, you you feel that and you know that you know that happiness and you have that excitement. You know exactly what they're going to experience. Because you've, you've been through the process yourself, you've practiced it, well, at least on our end, we've practiced it. And so when I, when I make that connection, I'm just like, yep, I know, all, I know so many of the different feelings that they're going to experience, so many of the revelations they're going to have, so many of the breakthroughs, I'm ready for them to go through that. And I, I know that I've made the, the right connection that's going to help them go through that. And that's not, that's not something you get by yellow booking a therapist or by having your physician refer you to a therapist or by... You know, going to the local clinic and just saying, hey, you know, is, does anybody here do counseling? And, and people really aren't caught on to that yet. They don't realize that. And research has shown us time and time again that more so than the method, it's the therapist and the relationship you build with the therapist that matters. That's where that healing process is going to take place. And we can't randomize what could likely be up to 80 percent, you know, determining you getting better or not. You can't randomize what you're going to use as as almost a structure, as almost a, uh, a an ideal tool set, or um, almost a mold, essentially, for all of your future relationships. Because that's that's what therapy ends up doing so much for people that they don't even realize is now I know what a healthy relationship looks like. Now I know what to expect from friends. Now I know what I want from myself and from other people. And when you get matched with the wrong person, that never happens. And even if you use something like CBT and you do all of your homework and you work through and you do start to see improvements, therapy is so almost equal parts the life experience and the emotional maturity, that change that takes place on almost this existential level. Again, if that's what you're looking for <laughs> in the interview process, if that's not at all what you're looking for, then, then that's totally fine too. Um, but that's just something that you you again randomize if you don't go through such a personal process like ours. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things where some people come to work, right? They don't yeah. care about you. They just want to know what do I need to do to get better. Tell me, I'll do it. <laughs> and but that's you know that's the minority, you know, especially yeah. when it's your first time. You know, usually people come to therapy not because they're kind of not feeling okay. It's because you're already at the point where you know we're we're not in a. Uh, self-care first or preventative uh place right in treatment yeah. it's usually 
you're you're in a bad place. Somebody, multiple people have told you, or you're forced to go. You know, it's all of these. You're usually not in a great place. So, yeah, you want that good relationship because even doesn't matter how resistant you are, just to know that off the bat, there's things that you can connect with, and that there's even if it's again the religion thing is so huge. It's so huge. I um I used to live in uh, North Carolina in the South, and I knew uh-huh. a lot of uh, counselors who had who were certified Christian counselors or Christian certified mm-hmm. counselors. I think, yeah. and for a lot of people, that's a that's a sense of um, pride, but it's also a yeah. marketing issue, right? <laughs> um, oh, absolutely. Because you want a certain. Uh, you want people to know that you know, because people are looking for that. So you want to make sure that it's it's easily available. But it's also a good way for people who don't want that at all to be able to see that and say, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And people, you know, like therapists, their websites aren't so great. Like you mentioned a Psychology Today <laughs> profile. Like that doesn't say much. No. Uh, it's hard. It's hard. It, so, it is. Yeah. Um, so, I was going to say, you know, one of the things too is – you know, it's, it's not necessarily that, you know, we, we are trying to match people around based on their religion or anything like that. It's, I think one of the cool things is, you know, from our perspective, we're a everything. We are not trying to fit you into a specific thing. Um, like we'll have Christian members or we'll have atheist members or Islamic members or Jewish members. I mean, it's, it's such an expansive community, but nobody within the community is going to push you or pigeonhole you into any uh, which direction. It's it's all about making sure that your match is as personalized as possible because this is your process. This is what you're going to go through. So it's it's entirely about you. And you know, there's there's really no way for you to vet some of the therapists you're even going to see. But that's something we can do. We have a huge network. We can. Uh, you know, maybe it, it's not as, as much as I would like, but, you know, three out of 10 times, I know the therapist that you're going to be matched with to some degree because there's somebody I've already researched or already interviewed, you know, just given that a lot of the people that hear about us are within Southern California uh, or along the East Coast. Like the, the chances of me knowing your therapist are, are high enough uh, for me to have an understanding or at least know somebody who knows somebody who knows of them. Plus, we go through the the laborious process of checking up on their tax identification, on checking up on their licensure, making sure there's no strikes against them, making sure that they're still licensed to practice. All of those small details that if you just find somebody's website, you have no idea. You have no idea if this person has been sued before or if anything has happened. The, those are all things that are, are critical. But again, you on the outside, you shouldn't have to deal with those things or see those things. That's entirely for us to handle. Now, I've, I've got to ask because everything that you're saying is so it's just it's just on point. You know, it's it's on point from from the perspective of someone who's tried to receive services and and you know seen how how bad our system is. You know, so is that mm-hmm. something like is like was anxiety gaming born out of out of you and your experiences? Was it people around you? Do you have like a board or like this group of people who who are invested in in this process and you've all come together? Like how how did this happen? Um, you know that's one of those things that's like we'll go into the story of it. <laughs> um, all of these things that we do. Uh, come from my personal experience to a large degree. 
um, game with anxiety gaming. Very simple. Uh, you know, I dealt with agoraphobia for many years. Uh, and and just to put that as, as simple as possible, I was afraid to leave home. Uh, even more so, I was afraid to leave my room. And so all I did was play World of Warcraft for 16, 17, 18 hours a day. It's, it was one of those things like you could never sleep because you were too anxious, uh, but you could never really leave to do anything else. And that's that's kind of where my sense of self-worth came. That's where all of my friends were. Everything in my life started to revolve around video games. Um, and it was, you know, it's a double-edged sword, but for so many years, that's what kept me going. That was the one stable thing that I had in my life. It was the only consistent thing uh, going on, and it was the only place that I could find people who didn't judge me based on what I was dealing with or couldn't even see what I was dealing with. They just simply cared that I was gaming and, and uh, a solid raider. So, you know, we built game with anxiety gaming around that, you know, and it's within that group of friends that I was able to start working on myself and working on, on moving forward. So that's the other side of the game with anxiety gaming is finding people who can be catalysts to your recovery, uh, with the therapist grant or the, the therapist application rather, um, leading into the grant. But, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, many therapists and all of them were people that I found through my insurance just saying, yeah, this person has a, a PhD or they have their, um, their LC or, you know, they have whatever certification is relevant to your state at that time. So they can do it. That, that's all that really matters. It, it has, you know, they don't know the personality part. They don't care about that part. And I would see therapist after therapist and all of them never clicked. Um, it took me many, many years, and as I begin to understand people better, as I begin to understand myself better, I had a better understanding of how to look for a therapist, and I finally found the right one that helped me push forward through so much of this, uh, Dr. Roddy Sous, um, in uh, well, he's throughout Long Beach from much of Southern California, and that, that's, that's the guy who made it happen for me, and we built the Find a Therapist application entirely around that process and jumping over all of the terrible things that I had to go through finding a therapist to make sure you never experienced that. And then the funding part, uh, the grant part, uh, that broke through uh, a personal experience as well because when we first started Anxiety Gaming and I was helping people um, try and get better, what I had realized was that you know, even though I could help people find a therapist, that time and time again they couldn't afford to see a therapist. So... What I did is I would look into how people could get money, and the main thing that I always found was disability, and so I would fight for people's disability so that they could be considered disabled due to a mental health issue, and that would give them you know X amount of money a month, maybe food stamps, insurance. It would give them all kinds of really important tools to get better if they were struggling with income, and then I did that for myself. I got on disability, and I was able to pay for my own therapy. And once I started feeling better, what I would do is I'd use my disability checks to pay for other people's therapy. And because that, that's just what needed to happen at the time. People couldn't afford it, so I paid for it. Uh, and then we would talk to therapists um, because, you know, 500 a month is, is not a whole lot of money when $120 a session is the average, uh, at least here in California. So I would talk to the therapist and I'd say, hey, I've got next to no money, I'm on disability. I'm paying for somebody who has even less money to go to therapy. Is there anything that we can do to work out a cheaper cost? And nine times out of ten, they would say yes. And if they didn't say yes, I'd find somebody who would. Um, and then 
when they started to reduce their rates, you know, $500 at $30 a session, $50 a session, $60 a session, that price goes a lot further. And now that's become kind of a, a staple of what we do is we'll just pay for your therapy for you because that's, that's what needs to happen. Uh, and the disability part goes along with it too. If, if that's the route we need to go because maybe we don't have enough money in the grant foundation at that time, then we'll, we'll get you on disability and they'll, that'll be taken care of for you. And all that paperwork and stuff, that's something we go through uh, with you as well to make sure you get the most out of that. Um, and even the the other program that's it's not really mentioned on the site because we're we do it more as a private thing, but we're starting to open it up to the public. Uh, it's called Consoles for Kids, and you know, like myself and and so many other people, and I'm sure yourself as well. We can all think back to that to a couple of games or maybe one specific game, and that you know that's what got us through our parents' divorce. That that's what got us through you know a family member passing away. That's what got us through feeling so alone and feeling so empty that that game helped us move forward. And, you know, a lot of these people that a lot of the kids that go through the foster system, if they ever uh, get to play a video game, it's usually not the latest video games. It's something older. It's something that was a hand-me-down. And, and I mean, that's what we do with consoles for kids. That's probably more important to say uh, before I get into that part. But what we do with consoles for kids is we collect video game consoles. We collect computers, tablets, TVs, and tons of video games. And we give those to foster homes throughout Los Angeles so that those kids can, can have that in their time of need. These important games that, that meant so much to us, the, the systems that, that we use, that we kind of spend our idle time on to, to fight away that existential dread, these are things that they don't have access to, and, and we give them access to that. And in a greater sense, we, we give them the tools to look into gaming as a possible career, uh, something to inspire hope, like, hey, you could be a, a game designer or a programmer, you can do art design. Like, you can build these games too. And um, we provide, of course, our, our information so that you know, once you're out of the system, uh, you have friends to game with, to, to get help through, to have access to mental health services, given that you know, about 80% of children that go through foster care are going to deal with severe mental health issues, depression, PTSD, anxiety. We're, we're going to be there, but the, at the least in that moment, we can give them access to those video games that were so critical for us. That, and that draws back into my history of, of really growing up fairly alone um, without much of a family support system, if any, and, and really just sitting there and gaming constantly as a way to, to deal with that solitude and to deal with that loneliness. Um, and then, of course, we, we've got some of our other um, services as well, like the Just Vent on the website. All of these things, again, it's just, it's all things that I've had to experience that so many people, that almost everybody dealing with these issues has to experience that we want to help you with so that you don't have to at the very least you don't have to experience those things alone what is the just vent exactly uh, so the just vent is uh, a little system where you can anonymously just kind of vent <laughs> literally just vent what you're going through what you're experiencing so that somebody knows sometimes you get a response um, we, you know we have it on there that it it implies that you know you're just writing this out for the sake of that therapeutic writing method that you know has existed for so long um 
but it, it's a safe place for you to do that. All of these things, like everything sent to Anxiety Gaming, is completely locked up. It's kept away from other people. We go full-on HIPAA uh, protection when it comes to your information. Um, but it's, I think it's important for people to realize that you know having a safe place to vent is, is such a healthy thing. Um, and that, that's just that's what all of this is about. When we first started doing anxiety gaming, it was me just listening to what people were going through and almost being a pseudo-therapist in that regards. But what we've seen through research, as well as through experience, is that it, it can be fairly unhealthy for people to just openly vent what's going on with no filter, with no barrier, with the other person not being a trained professional and understanding kind of some of the signs. Um, people will just vent almost indefinitely and, and won't even focus on getting better because they have that temporary uh, relief when they vent to somebody and that person accepts them. So instead of just being an open platform where people can do that and vent, uh, we've decided to make it more of a private platform so that the focus, again, even though this is a way for you to just kind of let out a little bit of the stress, the, the focus still stays on seeing a professional and getting to professional services. So as a service provider... I don't believe that therapy is always the answer. Mm. And for me, like sometimes I, I'll have somebody come to me and I'm like, you know what, this, this is expensive for you. This is really out of your way. And maybe there's something before this that, that might be helpful. Like, you know, there's support groups and there's classes and things like that. So for, mm -hmm. the, for a community of, of gamers, right, or for, for somebody who identifies as a gamer who loves video games, mm -hmm. I think that all of these things that you're doing are can be so beneficial, right? Like, you know, from experience, we know that this stuff can help us get through um, certain parts of our lives. And it doesn't, we, we didn't have therapy back then. And maybe we, we, we wish we would have a good therapy anyway. And <laughs> right. And, and that wasn't possible, but we still had these other things that really helped us. Right. So, I believe that there's a whole, you know, continuity of, uh, of of things that can happen, and I think you guys are filling in a huge gap there. But I'm curious because you've been so um, there's so much here. I'm curious if there's anything that you're either planning or that you want to do, or that is like in the long term that like any gaps that you feel that are still there. Because I'm guessing that there's something at least at least a few things. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, just chiming in on that, that first thing uh, about therapy and, and who it's for and, and if it's for everyone, I, I think that's probably what ends up really sealing, is, is from my personal standpoint, anxiety gaming, even to myself, um, because it is yeah. one of those, like, okay. come serve kind of things. It's If therapy isn't right for you, then it's not something that's being forced on you like it sometimes is. Yeah. This is something that if you feel therapy is right for you, you always have the tools. And if not, just hang out with a community that understands. There's always going to be some form of support available here. And when you're ready, if it applies to you, it's it's right there. Um, but as far as <laughs> other things that we have left to do, um, unfortunately, you know, the field of mental health does need so many different things. It, it's so seldom talked about. It's so seldom handled, and if handled, handled correctly, um, it, it's an endless, an endless mission. Some of the things that we have kind of in the works right now, 
uh, would be our, our new program, Healing Scrolls. Uh, and what this entails is that for those that are on our care system, um, they, a lot of people often write in to that just vent and, you know, they vent their frustrations and talk about what they're going through before getting mashed up with a the therapist. Uh, and what Healing Scrolls is going to do is for all of those who have uh, agreed to let their letters be used minus the personal information, you'll see uh, that option on the website. Um, we're going to send you letters back. And these are going to be letters from people all over the world, total strangers that care about you, that wish you well, that want you to get better. Um, and right now we're, we're looking at different sponsors and teaming up with a couple of people so that sometimes these healing scrolls uh, come to you and they include loot. So you might get a letter that says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear about what you're going through. You know, my name is so-and-so. I, I just want you to know I care about you. Um, oh, also, here's this free mouse. All right, here's this headset, you know, something like that. Um, but we're working on rolling that out, and you'll actually be able to see that um, this November, uh, if you're in uh, California, specifically Orange County, uh, at the iBuyPower Masters uh, event, we'll be there at our booth, and we'll be rolling out healing scrolls, and people will be able to come over to the booth and fill out, uh, you know, these well wishes, these kind of kind regards for other people right there. All right, so... A lot of people who are in this community who listen to this mm -hmm. podcast and visit my website are providers of some sort, right? They're either oh. students, they're, they're therapists. Um, and so on the, on the website is very like uh, gamer facing, right? Patient facing. Um, yeah. So, so what would you tell to, you know, w what do you say to therapists who want to get involved, who want to help, whether by... Like I said, like I've referred people to you guys for a while now because I think I think that everything that you guys are doing is is fantastic and essential, right? So that's I believe that's one way to do it, right? Or I don't know if there's a better way than just like giving them your email or sending it to the site. But um, if they if anybody wants to get involved more, you know, as again someone who is a provider, what what do you have to say to them? Um, on our website, you'll see contact and then volunteer. Uh, that's definitely the best way or, or yeah, you can just shoot me an, in, uh, an email or one to our general e email info at anxietygaming.com. Uh, our entire process runs on a lot of volunteer therapists, people who uh, agree with what we're doing, who volunteer sessions or offer discounted rates or in general, just let us know like, Hey, I, you know, I'm a therapist that loves gaming and understands this community and and would love to, you know, get involved in some way. There's always something that we're trying to do. Uh, you name it. It's just actually getting you to practice one-on-one -on -one, um, with the clients that go through or the gamers that we deal with each day. Uh, we have research positions. We're always conducting research and trying to learn more and more uh, about the community that we're serving, the community that we're helping. We're even doing research into virtual reality and exposure therapy and seeing the applications there that we're constantly looking for therapists to join us for. Um, and again, you know, we, we're also looking for therapists that, you know, want to get in, involved in just learning more. Just having another person know who we are and what we're doing is, is always a, a benefit to us. Uh, as well as, you know, we're, we're looking for clinicians who would be interested in, in helping us go through the process. We have maybe four or five clinicians that we constantly get feedback from that are always on our board. And, and really when we uh, monthly go through and evaluate each and every system we have, each program, each application. 
you know, we try and get as much insight as possible. What should we change? What can we change? Does this sound good? Are these questions right? Are these going to get the most results? We're always looking for clinicians to give us their feedback on that as well. Awesome. And then as far as uh, location, I mean, I believe you guys are doing this throughout the world, right? It's not just in the United States. And, <laughs> For the most part, yeah. yeah. Are there, are there, I'm not saying every country, Jason, right? I know, I know yeah. it's international. <laughs> Is there, are there actually any places where you're seeing a greater need where it would be fantastic if people who know somebody in a specific region or country could reach out and, or, or are there any other specific like clinical needs, whether it be you know, like I'm curious, I speak Spanish. Do you, do you ever mm -hmm. find people who like would be more comfortable speaking another language or, or things like that? Yeah, actually, it, it's that's almost perfect because one of the biggest areas uh, that we struggle to reach is Mexico. Um, there, there's so many different borders. Um, there's so many different issues, uh, not only with their mental health system, but being able to contact therapists uh, on that level. So we struggle in Mexico. Uh, we struggle in Brazil. Both of those areas, we get a lot of applications from that. It, you know, it happens, but it ends up taking us quite a long time to make it happen. Um, especially when we have to go through things like currency exchange for our grant program. Those are all things that you know we we don't know too well about either. So each time, it's a new experience. Um, but those areas specifically, there there is a need. Um, we're looking for more resources throughout Canada as well. I guess it's a fairly popular area for us. Um, yeah, those, those would be the three that we see a lot of care requests from that we always have to, to do much more resource, which take, or put more resources into and expend much more time on. So I've been wanting to do this for a while. Like I said, I, I reached out to you. I've been sending people your way and I've been wanting to have this conversation so I could point people to it, <laughs> right? So I could say, you have to hear Jason talk about this. You have to see what uh, what AG is doing. And and so I'm so glad that we have this now. And so before I, I, I leave you, right, <laughs> before we end, <laughs> is there anything else that you really want people to know that maybe we haven't covered? Yeah, Um Right. No pressure. No pressure. You <laughs> <laughs> know, um, I think one of the things I, I always want people to be able to take away, one of the things that we explain time and time again um, is kind of uh, a twofold thing. So we've helped, um, I've got to change it on the website too, we've helped about 24,000 people now. It is a significant number. We see more people each day with an anxiety gaming than a lot of major clinics do each day. And we do all of this with next to no funding. There are few places you're going to find where your donation goes further than through anxiety gaming. Because if you hand me $30 today, I will cover a week's worth of therapy for somebody who would not otherwise be able to afford it at all. And that's care that they truly deserve. Um, so being able to send your donations this way, it's it's going to do so much for actually helping someone. No one within our group takes a paycheck, so that money just goes directly towards helping somebody in need. Uh, of those 24,000 people that have seen that kind of relief, the average age that is coming through is very young. We're talking somewhere between 14 and 16. It, it bounces between each year uh, that we've been in practice. Um, and so we we are doing that preventative care in a way. This gaming part, it's not a niche, 
You know, it's not like one of those things like, yeah, we're gaming just because, you know, maybe nobody else is gaming. We're gaming because everyone is a gamer. And we're gaming because it's the perfect place to practice some form of preventative care. Young gamers hear about us from all over the world. Their favorite gamers get involved. We've done events with people like Dyrus and, and Wild Turtle, Night Blue, the band Imagine Dragons, and all kinds of other influencers. And it's those influencers that just say, hey, you should talk about mental health. And then tons and tons of kids come forward and say, yeah, I should talk about mental health. My favorite people talk about mental health. So they, they go out, they seek help, and we work with them. And, and that's, that's who you end up helping. These are the people who, when these mental health issues just begin to set in, are learning to talk about these issues. They're learning to go past the stigma because it's not yet ingrained in them at that age. So we're able to do so much for such a young group and make that money go so far. Um, and on top of those things, I, I guess getting towards something a little bit more educational uh, is the reality that you know a lot of the parents that we inevitably have to work with because of the the young age range we we see uh, we always have to explain video game addiction and what is video game addiction and is my child addicted to video games is my teenager addicted to video games how do i stop them from gaming um, and for that question that's inevitably going to be asked our our answer is and always will be um, that we don't that we don't ask why the addiction we ask why the pain if somebody that you love and care about is gaming for 15 or 16 hours, there is something much deeper underneath that that they're trying to deal with, that they're struggling with. And it's the same reason that someone would become addicted to alcohol or any kind of drug or anything. You become addicted because it's a way to manage pain. And so when people come through our services, no, we, we don't directly handle video game addiction. No, I'm not going to directly address uh, your, your loved one's video game addiction. What I'm going to address is the pain that inevitably leads to that addiction. And what you'll see as a result is that the gaming is less and less. It's much more healthy. It's not 16 hours a day. It's not 15 hours a day. It's not 10 hours a day. Time and time again, we're seeing people who would be classified as addicted to video games start to drop those down to healthy rates because they're going back to school, because they're able to work again, because they aren't needing to hide from these issues anymore. They're not needing video games as an outlet for that pain anymore. And so the gaming part just naturally goes down. So when that question gets asked from all the people listening to the podcast, like, oh, what about the video game addictions? Aren't they just you know, going to get my child addicted to video games? Or aren't they just enabling people to be addicted to video games? That, that problem in itself will be solved when the greater issue is solved. And that's, that's what we address at Anxiety Gaming. I get that question so much. I'm not going to ruin your answer by adding to it. It's perfect. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> You've obviously had to answer it a lot. Man, Jason, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, how thank can you, people yes. find AG? Like, how can they reach you? Where do they find you? Anxietygaming.com, Facebook.com slash AnxietyGamingAG, Twitter.com slash AnxietyGamingAG, on all the, the fancy, cool social media stuff. Um, and of course, uh, we're also here in the heart of Los Angeles for anybody that's interested in checking us out and learning maybe more or getting involved even in person. Most of our volunteers are remote. Um, 
but we're we're in Los Angeles, and you can find our information on the website as to how to get hooked up with us in the office. Oh, yeah, you have a new office, right? Since when? Since when do you have an office? <laughs> so um, we had an office in Long Beach for a while, okay. and we ended up moving up into Los Angeles, um, just just based on deciding we wanted to move. So. <laughs> we, um, but yeah, we're we're in Los Angeles doing a bunch of other cool things with a lot of great people, and we're always looking for people to join us uh, in house if they happen to be Los Angeles lunch, ah, Los Angeles natives, uh, or again remotely anywhere in the world. We're always looking to enable you to help as many people as possible through our system. So great, so great. <laughs> All right, thank you, Jason. Thank you so much. Thank you so much as well. 